What's up guys, welcome back to the John Summer Challenge. Today is July 6th, it is day six of the John Summer Challenge and you are in John chapter three, verses 22 through 36. We're finishing chapter three already. It's going by so fast. But first, to start off our time, I wanted to show you a clip. This clip is from an interview with Tom Brady. You might know him. He, at this time in 2005, was a quarterback for the Patriots. And by this time, he has already won three Super Bowl rings, the highest achievement in football that you can get. Now, he's one of the most famous and richest men in the world. And this is what many people in the world might hope to be, right? Maybe even you would hope to be like this, very rich, very famous. But even with all this, Let's see if any of it has left Tom Brady feeling satisfied at all. Why do I have three Super Bowl rings and, and still think there's something greater out there for me? I mean, maybe a lot of people would say, hey man, this is what it is. I reached my goal, my dream, my life is, me, I thank God. It's gotta be more than this. I mean, this isn't, this can't be what it's all cracked up to be. I mean, I've done it. I'm 27. And what else is there for me? What's the answer? I wish I knew. I wish I knew. So here we have it. Tom Brady, with all the fame in the world, says, there's got to be more than this. Does that sound very satisfied to you? No, right? Even with all the fame, even with all the money, he is left unsatisfied. And you may look at these celebrities and think that they have the best life. They've got it all. They're some of the most popular people in the world. Surely they must be truly, truly happy. But the truth is nothing in this world, no amount of fame or popularity will ever leave you truly satisfied. In fact, pride, is the very source of all of your sorrow and unhappiness. When you care more about yourself, your own desires, your own needs, when your main goal is to glorify yourself, to make yourself more popular, to make yourself more liked, to make yourself look better than others, this is pride. Pride is a sin, the root of all sins, and it is pride that will kill you and leave you for dead. Pride is a sin that has left Tom Brady and maybe even you feeling constantly unsatisfied no matter how much fame he gets. And it is a sin that will lead him and maybe even you to hell if left unchecked and if left not humbled by Christ. The opposite of pride is what? humility when you're not consumed with yourself but when you care more about putting others first and ultimately about putting christ first when your whole life your whole goal is devoted to not glorifying yourself but devoted to glorifying god glorifying jesus christ putting him on display and giving him all of the honor and glory and praise instead of yourself this is what we learn from John the Baptist in our passage today. And John sums it up perfectly in verse 30. 
This is a key verse. I want you to memorize this as well. When I ask you, what's John 3 verse 30? You got to know this. He must increase. I must decrease. He, Jesus Christ, must increase, but I must decrease. So let's break this passage down into two parts, okay? Number one, very simple. I must decrease. We're going to flip it. Number one, I must decrease. This is first, verses 22 through 30. You remember what I call John the Baptist, right? He is the grasshopper eater, pointer, finger. What is he always pointing to? He is always pointing to Jesus Christ. He is always pointing people to him, off of himself, and onto Christ. And here we see John the Baptist, who is the most popular preacher, who had a huge following. So many people followed John and were disciples of him. But now, this man named Jesus is starting to pick up more followers. You know, Jesus began his public ministry at the wedding, turning water into wine, but that was even still pretty private, right? There was only a few people there. Then, we saw a couple days ago, he cleansed the temple. Was that a little bit more public? It was, right? More people saw this. And so now, over time, Jesus is picking up more and more popularity and followers, more disciples, and uh, John's disciples are starting to recognize this. They're becoming envious, and they run to tell John the Baptist the news. Many of your followers, John, are now following Jesus. What should we do about this? And to the prideful person, to the person who is so concerned about themselves and their own fame, how would they respond to this news that they are leaving them and going to follow somebody else? they would probably respond poorly, right? They would be upset. They would be angry. They would be jealous that someone else is stealing their followers away and becoming more popular than them. But this is not John the Baptist. As we've already seen, John the Baptist is incredibly humble. John knows who Jesus is. He is the Son of God. The Lamb of God who has come to take away the sin of the world. And when you have a proper view of who God is, then you will develop a proper view of who you are. Remember the teeter-totter illustration. One side goes up on the teeter-totter, right? And the other side goes down. Well, John has put Christ up high lifted up. He has glorified Christ. He wants nothing more than to see God glorified and thus he is putting himself down low. This is the mark of a true Christian. One who is only concerned about Christ and bringing him glory. Knowing about this, knowing about who John is, we're not surprised by his response to the disciples, are we? To his own disciples. He says, John answered, verse 27, and said, A man can receive nothing unless it has been given him from heaven. You yourselves are my witnesses that I said, I told you this, I am not the Christ, but I have been set, sent ahead of him. He who has the bride is the bridegroom, 
But the friend of the bridegroom, who stands and hears him, rejoices greatly because of the bridegroom's voice. So this joy of mine has been made full. He must increase, but I must decrease. John basically says, Don't you remember? I am not the Christ. I am just the guy preparing the way for the Messiah. I have been pointing and preaching about him all, the, all, all this time, and now he's finally here. Of course, it is a good thing that now my followers are going to him because he is the true Messiah. And then he calls himself the friend of the bridegroom, which is so sweet. The bridegroom is Christ, and the church is the bride. And John says, it is my great joy to be the friend of Christ. Being his friend, preparing the way for him, has been John's greatest boast. And you today can be a friend of Christ as well. Stay prideful and live for yourself, then you will be an enemy of Christ. But humble yourself, put Christ first, live for his glory, Follow after him, deny yourself, and you will be a friend of Christ. And trust me, friends, you want no other friend than Jesus Christ. He is the best friend, the most reliable, the most loving, the only one who will truly be there for you and always leave you satisfied. It's Jesus Christ. Can you say with John the Baptist, he must increase, but I must decrease. Now, let's look at a few really quick reasons why Christ must increase, why he deserves the glory. Number two, Christ must increase in verses 31 through 36. John continues to explain to his disciples why it is a good thing that his followers are leaving to become Christ followers. He gives his disciples five reasons why Christ must increase and why he should be high and lifted up and glorified above all. Really quickly, number one, Jesus is from heaven. We see this in verse 31. Jesus is from heaven and we are from earth. Christ is above all. He is sovereign over all and thus he deserves all the praise. Number two, Jesus is the source of truth. We see this in verse 32. Jesus is the source of truth. Jesus doesn't get his info, info from someone else. Jesus isn't informed or taught or surprised. He doesn't learn new things. No, he is the very source of all truth. He is omniscient, all-knowing. He is truth. And so he is deserving of all trust and praise. Number three, Jesus is one with the Father. Jesus is one with the Father. He and the Father are one. This is it from verse 33. Those who believe Jesus believe God because they speak in perfect harmony. They are one. Number four, Jesus has the unlimited power of the Spirit. Jesus has the unlimited power 
of the Spirit. We see this in verse 34. Christians can be filled with the Spirit, but it's limited because of our sinful and human nature, right? Our fallen human natures, human nature. But Jesus is not like us. He is God. Colossians 2.9 says, For in him the fullness of deity dwells in bodily form. And so there is no limit with him. The power of the Spirit has no limit working through Jesus Christ. Number five, lastly, Jesus has supreme authority. Verses 35 to 36. Now, I love to go to Taco Bell and get the crunch wrap supreme, you know? It's the best. But here, number five, Jesus has supreme authority. The ultimate authority. The Father has given Jesus the supreme authority over all things, both on earth and in heaven. And thus, Jesus deserves to be followed, obeyed, worshipped, and glorified. John 3.30 He must increase, I must decrease. Is that your heart today? I hope it is. I've got three questions for you. Number one, in what areas do you struggle with pride? Identify those areas. It's important to identify those moments in those situations where we are so uh, prone to pridefulness. Number two, why is Jesus deserving of all the praise and all the glory? Why does he deserve it? And lastly, number three, how can you begin today, practically, think practically, how can you begin today to humble yourself and lift Christ higher in your life? What steps are you going to take, okay? So submit your answers to those questions and you will be done with day six of the John Summer Challenge. You are doing great. Keep it up and I'll see you tomorrow.